Dogcast, the Dogcast, episode number 377. Big win for the dogs in the Belk Bowl, old dog. This is the Belk Bowl postgame show. Hey, you know, it was such a big win, old dog. We didn't think we even need to do a pregame show, right? We just knew it was going to happen. Well, we did. If you remember correctly, though, we did do the pregame show, and it was yeah. summed up in two words. 35 seconds. Who cares? <laughs> Do you still feel that way after the game? Yes, but but I tell you, I you know again, it was it was a big win in the department store bowl. There's no doubt about it. Beautiful Charlotte, the the kids got to play in a pro style stadium, which you know has got to be a, a great recruiting tool. You know, moving forward, that maybe that maybe you'll get to play in a. I mean, I care enough that I was I was happy. I was better off that we won than lose. But in the overall scheme of things, you know, who cares? I mean, it was fun. It doesn't really matter. But I'll tell you, you say who cares. However, we did get, I mean, it was, was, we had some material developments in the game, right? Well, I'll tell you this. It was fun to see when we hurried up to see a Todd Grantham defense standing around, not lined up, looking to the sideline while the other team is, is hiking the ball. Boy, wasn't that the truth, man. <laughs> wasn't it fun to see a third down and 15 just ripping off big third downs against that Grantham defense? Or the, how the, about when, Like the, I, the, third, the third best run defense in, in the world? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and Todd Grantham saying before the game, our number one priority, stop the run game at all costs. We're going to sell out to stop the run. If that's him selling out to stop the run, he is, uh, he's got real problems. I, yeah, embarrassing Todd Grantham was really fun. That was probably, probably the best thing that came out of, of, that was the, of the department store bowl. Nick Chubb, second, second highest run yards. Uh, by an individual in a game next to the great Herschel Walker. Yeah, what best, can you say? Ever, best ever in a bowl game and the second best season, although Herschel owns seasons number one, two, and three, you could say the fourth season overall, or you could say that he's in second place, right? And as um, long as he's a dog, we'll say second place. There Once you Nick go. Chubb moves on, place. we really don't care anymore. Think about it, man. That's better than Rodney Hampton, better than Robert Edwards, better than Garrison Hurst, Lars Tate, Terrell Davis. Who never I mean, really got a chance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about all the guys that have run the ball for University of Georgia. Think, hell, better than Frank Sinkowich, better than Charlie Trippy, better than a lot of running backs, man. Nick well, Chubb, better than right, Todd Gurley. And the big thing to take out of that, though, was because anybody can have just one crazy wild game when everything goes. But, I mean, Chubb has done it throughout the season. And obviously he is, without a doubt, a stud running back and our number one back. And hopefully, and again, Bulldog fans, from now until August 30th, you need to get on your knees and pray every night that out of some convoluted false sense of loyalty, our illustrious head coach does not feel that he needs to start Keith Marshall and give him a whole lot of playing time because he's hung around and fought through a lot of stuff. 
Well, you also need to get, while you're down there on your knees, you need to pray that Nick Chubb doesn't eat any brownies, that he has a valid driver's license, and that he doesn't sign anything for anybody. Hell, I don't even want him signing credit card receipts at department stores, right? I don't want him signing anything. Stay off scooters. No scooters. Stay out of alleys. No autographs. No no baby mamas. No alleys. And, And pray that we find a center and that Bryce Ramsey becomes a better quarterback than he's shown us. Yeah, well, that's the other thing I was going to mention. You said, you know, it was a who cares kind of bowl game. But material developments, Nick Chubb, that was a material development. 270, what was it, 277? 277 yards yeah, rushing. Yeah, but, but we knew he was good. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, who's, yeah, who's this kid? You. Now, fact, you know, who, who's something. this kid from Cedartown that I've never heard of before? I mean, my we God, knew Nick freshman. Chubb was good. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, dude. When we got the ball on that last drive and he needed 44 yards, my kids were so excited that we were 45 yards away from the end zone. He needed 44 yards to move up on the, on the uh, running back ladder by one space. He needed 45 yards, and we're 45 yards away. And i got to tell you, I did not think he would get all 45 of those yards just – because the way our offensive staff does things, we don't often reward guys the way we should. But damn, if he didn't get all 45 of those yards exactly, <laughs> and, and it didn't what take him real needed. long either. No kidding, it didn't, buddy. I am all in on Nick Chubb, number two running back all time at the University of Georgia. Bryce Ramsey clearly needs a little work, you know. And I'll tell you, you know, I mean, I'm sure you heard the word out around camp is that Jacob Park is going to be ready to challenge in the spring. And Jacob Park, Mr. Football from the state of South Carolina a couple years ago, he is uh, supposedly going to be ready to challenge. Well, and we know we know how well those Mr. Footballs from South Carolina have panned out. <laughs> well, I know, I know. We've Darrell Robinson and Prince Miller and Tramel Terry and yeah, the list is long. We are big on Mr. Football from That's South right. Carolina. The last the, the last Mr. Football we got out of South Carolina that lived up to his billing was AJ Green. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Carney Norris. But, uh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> A.J. Green. No, because yeah. Connie, Nor- Connie Norris didn't live up to his belly. Yeah, he lived. Up, he was awesome as Herschel Walker's backup. Absolutely. And if, you needed, and if you needed to get to some cocaine, he was he was your go-to guy. There you go, baby. A little Carney Norris action. A little blast from the past for you older dogs out there. But, anyway, yeah, A.J. Green was the real deal. The real deal, Mr. Football out of South Carolina. And, uh, you know, the jury's still out on Tramiel Terry. He might make it. I mean, who knows? He might and, and we don't know. And, and, again, that, that's what we love about recruiting. You just yeah. don't know. So Michael Bennett blows up his ACL in his last college game for the uh, at least the second time. We want to wish him well. He was a great Bulldog, played great yeah. in the belt bowl. A real, uh, you know, a gym rat, old dog. You like gym rats, don't you? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Michael Bennett's a real gym rat, and we wish him well as he uh, tries to rehab and get ready for uh, a run at the pros. And how about Hudson Mason getting his bell rung and having vision issues in his last game? I, I've had vision issues before myself, old dog, usually involving Jägermeister. I, I have to. I mean, anyway. 
Yeah. Anyway, I mean, Les Witch Hudson Mason, the best, uh, you know, in his career in insurance or real estate, whatever uh, he chooses. <laughs> <laughs> the defense looked pretty good. Jeremy Pruitt, uh, we, we did what we needed to do on defense. And more importantly, Pruitt got to see Grantham get his ass handed to him, which was yeah. just fantastic. No, and Grantham I mean, running and, and around, like I say, his one of the good things that came out of that was we just kind of stuck it to Todd Grantham, which was great. Yeah, we mashed him. I mean, we mashed him hard. We wanted yeah. to know where he went and where he came from, you know. He is not in the SEC anymore, brother. Exactly, and I mean, and you know, and their strength was stopping the run, and, and they couldn't stop anything. So, yeah. you know, I mean, like I say, overall – you know, I'm I was I'm a lot better off today because we won instead of losing. Uh, you know, as far as emotionally goes, but you know, in the overall scheme of things, there's only there were only three bowl games that count. They've already played two of them. And they're playing the next one Monday night, and and yes, my sir. hope is my hope is eventually we'll be able to uh, be a team in in that playoff. And playing in that playoff, I hear you, buddy. So let's talk about those games a little bit. I wanted to talk about that. Uh, were you surprised that Ohio State was able to produce just enough horseshoes to get it done over Alabama? Well, I was. And, I mean, and if you watch the game, I mean, Ohio State was clearly the better team. I mean, from the, from the get-go, it was, it was a shock to me. But, I mean, you know, Alabama in that first half was kind of putting it together with you know, whistles and bells and everything else. And, I mean, Ohio State really dominated the game. And, again, it goes back to to what a wise man told me not too long ago, who's my partner here on the Dogcast, you know, said, Urban Meyer is a great coach of other people's players. And if you look at his tenure throughout, you'll see that. And my hope is that within three or four years, he will have blown up Ohio State and we will be able to hire him as our coach because I would <laughs> gladly, gladly be in the position that the University of Florida is right now to have two more national championship trophies on the shelf and have a crappy football program for a couple of years than muddle along like we have been for the last 14. And I will tell you this, Urban Meyer, as much as I despise him, in a way, is my kind of coach because there's nothing that he cares about more than winning. And he will and has. He will go out and recruit a serial killer if he <laughs> thinks it will help him win a national championship. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. And he has, in fact, done that. Absolutely. And it, wor- it worked out pretty good for him before his heart gave out on him, you know? <laughs> exactly. So you're all in on the ur- – you're all in on Urban Meyer. Yeah, I'm, Urban I'm Meyer all in. I'm, I'm figuring less, you know <laughs> – Rick's got a contract extension. You know, they can't get rid of him for a year or two. By that time, Meyer will have not recruited well, and Ohio State will be in shambles. He'll need to spend time with his family or have another heart ailment. He'll get better in about six months. Hopefully, McGarity has a good uh, relationship with him from their time in Florida, and uh, we can get him in to, to coach uh, to coach the players that we've recruited. And like I say, in, a, in three years – maybe put two national championship trophies on the shelf and, you know, then go back to being eight and four for five or six more years. Let me tell you something. I, I agree with you. I, I have no love for Urban Meyer, 
But is there anybody listening to this show that thinks Mark Rick could have got us any closer to the national championship playing with, uh, you know, Faton Bauta? You know what I mean? Our third-string quarterback. I mean, Urban Meyer doesn't freaking whine and complain and make excuses. He just damn wins football games. Third-string quarterback still popping off W's, yeah. man. And doesn't, and, pretty, and, pretty impressive. and doesn't care how he does it. <laughs> doesn't care how he does it. Throw in, run in, do it with the defense, do it with special teams, do something, yeah. win the game. I mean, he'd so, recruit kids out of prison if he could. Yeah, he would. So, you know, the East finished, uh, the East SEC East finished 5-0 and in bowls. Tennessee looked pretty good. Florida won their game. South Carolina won their game. Missouri won their game. Uh, the West went 2-5 and in their yeah, bowl Yeah, I mean, and, and this, and, you know, as good as the East did and in department store and dot-com yes, bowls and, the, and tax, tax player bowls and things like that. It was a it was a horrible horrible down year for the SEC. No doubt. And you know everyone's taking their shots, and all I can say is we need to we need to come back stronger. No uh, doubt. You know, and and again, little... and again, it was one of the problems was nobody throughout had a good quarterback. Yeah, I was about to say, we need stronger quarterback play in the whole conference. Top yeah, I mean, it know? was nobody. No team in the SEC had a good quarterback, really. <laughs> I mean, when, your best, when the best guy is, you know, when the only one they talk about is that idiot down at Mississippi. Bo Wallace and Dak yeah, Prescott? You know, yeah, you know, Bo, Bo Wallace was supposed to be the, you know, the, the cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah, Bo Wallace. He's very, he's he's very creamy. All right, no doubt about that. You know, that. I mean, it was just, it was just a down year. It was a down year for the conference, and hopefully, we'll come back stronger. And hopefully, maybe with the coaching changes that have happened and things like that, the the ebb and flow of things will swing back to the power base being over in the East, like it used to be. Well, and how about whether or not that'll benefit us? I don't know. Well, talking about coaching changes. Let's talk about what's happening here at the University of Georgia in Buttsmere Heritage Hall, the BMHH, buddy. We lost Bobo out to Colorado State. We lost Will Friend. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk that that Belk Bowl was kind of a referendum on the Mark Rick uh, tenure. And uh, nothing short of a big convincing win was going to uh, help him I don't know, extend his, you know, get the extensions, get the raises, get the kind of love he wanted from the Buttsmere and Greg McGarrity in particular. But the big win uh, did happen, and we did prepare for it. Clearly, the dogs looked prepared. They played prepared, um, and we had a good bowl outing. And uh, Buttsmere has come off the hip big for Pruitt, putting him up in the Kirby Smart, John Chavis kind of uh, – kind of realm at $1.3 million for a coordinator at the University of Georgia. Now we're looking for an offensive coordinator. We're looking for an offensive line coach. Old dog, you're reading the tea leaves out there. Who do you see as the leading candidate, or what do you think is going to happen, and what do you think the offensive coordinator is going to get paid? Well, I hope we get a good one. We're looking at around a million bucks, maybe a tad shy. Maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, I don't think we need a no-name guy to come in. And again, we have got to be. If we want to 
be an elite program, we need elite coaches. We cannot continue doing what we've been doing, although our offense has been very, very prolific. But again, when the big games roll around, for one reason or another, we don't win them, and we seem to lay at least one or two eggs a season by not being mentally prepared to play the ball game. And that well, is, I do. That, that falls totally on coaching. So, no you know, we need to get – we need a coaching staff that can can get our players focused for every weeks. ball game that we play, not no take doubt. anyone for granted other than a directional school and, and move on from there. I mean, the fact that the players were talking about not, you know, taking Florida seriously is, is horrendous. It's, it's unforgivable is what it is. Absolutely. But I'll tell you something else, too. I'll tell you something else, too. I, not for nothing, I just want to get it on the record that we all caught Greg McGarity in a lie, too. I mean, it's a pleasant little lie, but it's still a lie. Because before Bobo left, you know, when we were here on this show railing against the pay of these coaches, you know, how we are the, we're the single most profitable program in the conference, and we have the lowest pool of payroll in the conference you know we're trying to get by on this shoestring clearance budget and uh, i thought that was not a good way to do it and you know greg mcgarity said that coach rick receives a pool of money and it's up to him how he decides to distribute that amongst his coordinators well i have to tell you that ain't right true If that were true, that means our next offensive coordinator is going to have to work for free because Jeremy Pruitt is making what he and Bobo made last season combined. So unless he can find a new pro bono offensive coordinator, he is not, you know, that that whole pool of money theory is not working anymore. Or you dig a bigger pool. Maybe it's going to be a hell of a hell of a bit lot bigger pool. Well, and, and again, though, and I mean, and we talked about it. You know how how do you grade a successful program? You and I and the other ninety five, ninety six thousand people that pack Sanford Stadium, we we go on wins and losses, and we haven't been all that happy over the last few years. Um, the administration, the people that actually run it. I bet they view it by how much money you have in the bank. I mean, yeah. that's the way I view my Not business. That's the way you view your business. Uh, you know, I really don't care how the public feels about me as long as they come in and spend their money. Yeah, and no doubt. And that's exactly, and if and if you can get by on a shoestring Why wouldn't and, you? and be the most profitable in the conference, then, you know, business-wise you're doing something right. Are you mm-hmm. keeping the fans happy? No. And, again, the only thing that may end up changing things without a change of philosophy is when the stadium's not full, when the Hartman Fund doesn't get the donations like it does, when we finally stand up and say, like, you know, 8 and 4, 9 and 3 don't cut it anymore. You know, well, I, this doesn't make me happy. I do have a confession to make. I was feeling really good on New Year's Eve that morning. And also, I'm facing a huge tax bill from the IRS. 
So I sent my damn <laughs> I sent my Hartman Fund donation in earlier than I ever have before. There you I go. I sent my Hartman Fund donation in on New Year's Eve in order to get that little tiny little tax break uh, this year, rather than sending it in when I normally do in February and booking that booking that deal next year. Um, so, but I mean, I'm all will- in. It will be interesting to see what they do and to actually see if if the pencil pushers in the butt smear are serious about winning. Uh, well, you we'll know, they're talking, out. you know, the one guy that actually has a solid interview is Kurt Roper. And I think he was making over a million dollars down in Florida. Uh, no you doubt. Know, Hell, he's, sure. making, he's making damn Charlie Weiss money, right? I mean, yeah. come on, baby. So, you know, I mean, if he's going to interview, I don't think he's going to work for, you know, half a million. No. So, yeah, how do you feel about Kurt Roper? Uh, Pro-style guy, trained under Cutcliffe. I know you're a huge fan of David Cutcliffe. I am. I am. The man's a winner. Uh, You know, he's got Duke winning. The last last coach I know that did that was Steve Spurrier. Yeah, so would would you sign off on a Kurt Roper OC job? I probably would. Uh, you know, Lord Lord knows his his offense gashed the hell out of us. I know. My my own kids said, I mean, my kids were like, who the heck is Kurt Roper? I said, I'll tell you who Kurt Roper is. He's the guy that got Treon Harris to jam it down our throat for 400 yards. Yeah. That's who Kurt Roper is. On on the fly, too, buddy. That was yeah. pretty impressive offensive adjustment on the fly. Exactly. No, I wouldn't. I would not be. I would not be disappointed if we got him in. Uh, you know, I don't know who else is out there. Who they're thinking about? I well, hope that, that we get. From I hope we get the same caliber offensive coordinator that we did defensive coordinator. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. I want. I just want a universal home run, a guy who can not only – I mean, the home run at OC is much harder to pull off, but I want a guy who can not only recruit based on his reputation, but a guy who actually cares about his reputation and can get it done. Exactly. And and I also think it will really show what where the administration is in their thinking. If they step up to the plate and pay some guy a million bucks to come in – then I think they've decided we want to become an elite football program again, and we're going to spend the money to get there. If we get some guy that nobody's ever heard of before, uh, you know, that we hope may be able to do something down the line so we can pay him, you know, four or $500,000, then, then we know where we are. We're, we're happy being eight and four, nine and three. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. Like you said, the Pruitt hire told us a lot. The Pruitt raise told us a lot. And now we've got to find out about what we're going to do at offense coordinator. Exactly. But I'll tell you this. If, if that pool has not changed and they need a pro bono offensive coordinator, I'm your guy. You, you want to do it. The, the old dog bobblehead, you, you, are, you are and your very right. own bobblehead could do it. That's right, and and anybody that likes to see the ball in the air, they may as well sit their ass at home. <laughs> All right, guys. On that sobering note, thinking of Old Dog as the offensive coordinator, I have a surprise for you guys. 
you guys all remember we did the what I was calling uh, the Michael Davenport art project and um, I want to say a couple of things about it one you guys stepped up in a huge way it was awesome it is going to be kind of an ongoing thing I'm uh, I've talked to my friend Eric and he is on board and we are going to just kind of make it an ongoing thing I'm not going to push it that big or anything per se, but I'm going to leave the button on the website. You guys have seen the art. A lot of you guys bought them. If you think they're cool, if you want one, I'm going to leave the button on the website, and they're going to just remain for sale, okay? So they're going to be out there. They're $100 a piece shipped. We are very proud to be affiliated with it, and we're happy to be able to do it. And my buddy Eric, who has been the patron saint of this whole project since the beginning, was so impressed by the Dogcast Nation and your charitable, your charitable, gratuitous little hearts that he has donated a couple of these Michael Davenport paintings, and we're going to give them away in a contest. Now, here are the rules. If you want to participate in the contest, you need to send me an email. And here are, we're going to give away two, um, two packages. First, I want you to predict the score of the Ohio State-Oregon game, okay? Which will, of course, include the winner. So you've got to say something like Oregon 38, Ohio State 21, or, or whatever you think the score is going to be. We will score that based on whatever you have to, of course, you have to have the winner correct, first of all. And then once you have the winner correct, then we're going to see how far away you are from the correct score. So like if you predicted 38-21 and it was actually 35-20, to 20, then you are four points away. You missed it by four, okay? Does that make sense, old dog? It makes sense to me. Okay. So you got to get the winner right, and then you have to have the lo you have to be closest, which would be the lowest number in the difference between your score prediction and the actual score. That will be our first Michael Davenport winner. Our second Michael Davenport winner. I want you guys to predict the total number of offensive yards in the entire game by both offenses. Does not include special teams yardage, or defensive yardage, like if they run a pick six back. Only offensive yards gained, okay? And I don't know, who is the authority on that? We'll use the ESPN box score, old dog, I guess? Sure. Whatever. We'll use a real box score, okay? So, total score is one giveaway. Total offensive yards gained by both teams' cumulative is the second category for the winner. And then the tiebreaker, this is the old dog special sauce here, the tiebreaker is the total number of offensive plays run by both teams cumulative. So total cumulative yards, total score, and total offensive plays cumulative. Those are our prize number one, prize number two, and the tiebreaker if we need it. Let's throw in one other tiebreaker, too, just in case. Like the second tiebreaker is, and, and I will volunteer to keep count on this, how many times Kurt Herbstreit becomes orgasmic talking about 
the pace of Oregon football and how wonderful it is. <laughs> You're going to keep track of that. I'm going to keep track of that. Okay. All right. I'm cool with that. I tell you what, I, I like this idea so much that the people who win the two, post, the two paintings, the total score and the total offensive yardage, um, I'm going to throw in a shirt. I'm going to throw in one of the 2014 Todd Gurley for Heisman oh, Finish the Drill t-shirts, the official Dogcast t-shirt for 2014. I'm going to throw in a shirt, too. That's just how, how good I'm feeling about this. So, that's the contest, guys. You've got to email me. Put in the subject line of your email, contest entry. So contest entry, and you've got to send me those three numbers. Your total score, which is actually, I guess, two numbers. Yeah. Total score for both teams. Total offensive yards. Total offensive plays. All right, guys. And uh, we'll do another show. We'll do a little wrap-up. We're going to be doing a, uh, our reverse recruiting show uh, going on deeper into January. And we'll get back with whoever our winners are in the next show. We really appreciate you listening. Old Dog, do you have any words of wisdom to send us out on? No, I mean, just with with the Belk Bowl victory, everything is is bright again in Athens. Everybody will play great. Our next center will be better than the last two. Bryce Ramsey will become a pro-style quarterback and never miss a pass. And every recruit that we have will be five-star, will start, and will make a contribution this year. It's going to be Love a it. wonderful, wonderful football season ahead of us. We'll win every game by at least 10 points, and we will bring the natty home next January. Because hope always springs eternal at the dog cast. We just reload, and, baby. And in, the heart, and in the heart of football fans. There you go. It's 2015. Get your dog face on. We got one more college football game, guys. Thanks for listening. Our phone number is 706-363-0210. Our email is dogcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at dogcast. Thanks for listening. Email us your comments. Call us with your comments. Go dogs. Go dogs.